We're taking a peek into geek culture and sharing our top 10 fandom favorites. Let Your Geek Side Show presents Geek Culture Countdown. Hey guys, this is Kitty. And I'm Susan. And welcome back to the Geek Culture Countdown. So this week, we're counting down our top 10 underrated DC characters. Yeah. So this should this should be pretty fun. I'm, I'm sure this one's a lot, people have a lot of strong feelings about who's underrated in their opinion. And I loved putting together this list with you like a lot just because we had so much fun going through all these different characters and we realized that some of our favorites are the most underrated characters. Or you would you would bring people up and I'd be like, I didn't even think of them. Yeah. Oh, I guess they should be on this list. Yeah. <laughs> and how we made the list was we first made the list and then we like now this list is maybe has one or two from the original list, but then we were like, well, what about this guy or her? There's just there's just so many heroes in the DC universe and it's and it's tough to shine the spotlight on all of them at once. But some of these heroes are misunderstood, some of them are underutilized. Whatever the case, these heroes are always here well, I think we chose all heroes. There could have been villains, but yeah. these are all heroes through and through and that never stops them from continuing to save the day. So without further ado, let's get started with the Geek Culture Countdown for the top 10 underrated DC characters. We should maybe adjust it to DC heroes since they are DC all heroes. heroes. <laughs> Because there are underrated villains as well. We just didn't really choose any. Future podcast idea. All right. <laughs> so next time, not next time. Anyway, um, number 10 is Elongated Man. He was created for The Flash as kind of a detective type companion and kind of has maintained his detective persona throughout his history. But, uh, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on his real name. Ralph, Ralph Dibney. Digby- Dibney. Dibney. Dig- I I this Dibney. is another word I can't say. I know his first name is Ralph, and so I'm just like, yeah, no, Ralph. He's the detective in town. They're know? on a first name basis. We're on a first name basis. We totally hit it off that one time, even though he's completely in love with Sue, and that's actually one of his uh, through lines throughout his entire character is just his love for Sue that uh, transcends whether or not she's alive at the time. He always provided comic relief, which is weird to think of providing comic relief for a Flash book because doesn't <laughs> the Flash provide comic relief? Anyway, um, but he was one of the first heroes in the DC universe to reveal his secret identity to the public and then maintain both sides. Oh, his, wow. um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I actually didn't know that until we researched this podcast. I was like, really? Everybody knows who he is. That's pretty cool. I Because <laughs> now he's in the Flash TV series. Right. And so it'd be interesting to see if that that point in the DC universe, comic universe, translates into their television universe. So he was also one of the first to marry his sweetheart, which we all know. Aww. Yeah, which we all know won't be the case in the DC television universe since Iris and Barry are already married. <laughs> but number 10 is Ralph Dibney. Dibney. Thank, this is why I keep her around. Um, <laughs> the elongated man. All right. Number nine on our list is Etrigan the Demon. So he is an anti-hero or sometimes reluctant hero um, created by Jack Kirby. And you can kind of tell because he's got that fantastical style that Jack Kirby just kind of brought to everything he did. Mm -hmm. So he's the son of the demon Belial. And he often speaks in rhyme, although this was kind of inconsistent. I I can get how different writers maybe didn't want to constrain themselves to having him be a rhyming demon. But he did rhyme in his first appearance and and speaks in rhyme in a lot of his appearances. And uh, in Neil Gaiman's Sandman, uh, Death actually summons Etrigan. And they explain uh, uh, Death sees him and goes, oh, or not Death, um, Dream. I'm sorry, Dream. Uh, summons or Morpheus. Him. Morpheus, yes. Um, and he goes, oh, hey, Etrigan, I see that you're rhyming. 
you must have gotten a promotion in the demon hierarchy of hell. Uh, so, <laughs> so Neil Gaiman explained it that he should he should now be rhyming because that's his high status, and he's he's got command over Hellfire like all good demons should, and he has superhuman strength, and he's a sadomasochist, so he enjoys pain <laughs> as pleasure. They actually explore that in an arc of Green Arrow. <laughs> so, so go read that. <laughs> so Etrigan the Demon is our number nine pick. Our number eight pick was Dead Man, or is Dead Man. Was Dead Man? Is Dead Man. <laughs> Who's to decide? Dead Man uh, is Boston Bar- Brand. I can't say anyone's <laughs> name today. Boston Brand. And he was a circus performer in life, but he was murdered by the League of Assassins and resurrected by a Hindu entity or goddess, depending on the origin that you go with. <laughs> um, and he was resurrected with a specific... Um, purpose to save others so he has to save the person that he is possessing at the time or else he will go to hell so he can stay on this kind of plane of existence as long as he is consistently saving people so we've seen him in a lot of uh, team books he's great in Justice League Dark oh my god God. he's (laughs) so well used in Justice League Dark and then in Blackest Night, there was a really great storyline utilizing him and bringing, they brought uh, the body of Boston, uh, yes, Boston ran back to life with a Black Lantern ring. So it was kind of like a weird kind of thing that happened because Dead Man still existed as a good guy, but Boston was a bad guy with a Black Lantern ring. So that's a really fun twist, though, on the trope of like, a ghost with unfinished business on this plane. Mm-hmm. Like his whole business is unfinished business and exactly. sticking around. And if he doesn't, then he goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is our number eight is Dead Man. All right. Number seven on our list is Tara. So Tara has been the alias of several terrakinetic superheroes. And terrakinesis is the ability to move the earth, shape the ground, lots of cool stuff, cause tremors. Um, so the one that we're actually talking about today is Tara Markov, who made her appearance in Teen Titans, created by um, Marv Wolfman and George Perez. And it was cool because they always intended her to have that finite lifespan. She was going to be a traitor to the Teen Titans always and then be killed off. Of course, this is comics. So she's been resurrected uh, a couple of different times uh, when they rebooted for the new 52. She was also re- resurrected as a black. I was going to say she was also in Blackest Night. <laughs> yeah. And she was kind of a controversial figure. She was an ally to the Teen Titans, but also she was aligned with um, Deathstroke. And she has made such a lasting impression in the Judas contract, which oh. they adapted in the, the Teen Titans cartoon show. And that broke my heart as a Aww. child. So I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even like imagine watching that as a child. And like, I know the Judas we, contract. We should do a then and now with just the Judas contract because I was like the right age for it, and you were probably <laughs> so young that you just like died. Uh, yeah, they had to they had to change so much. I think that was my first real experience with superhero heartbreak Aww. was was the character of Tara because that was the first time. So this one's like, kind of personal. To yeah, you. I didn't know that heroes could be traitors. Aww. It was it was pretty intense. But Tara, in all of her forms, um, is number seven on our list. Number six is Cassandra Kane. Now I love Cassandra Kane, Cassie. I always just call her Cassie. So we're also on a cool first name basis uh, <laughs> with nicknames. But um, she's most notably the fourth incarnation of Batgirl. 
However, she has gone through so many different things. She's been orphaned. She's been the black bat. She, um, she has like she has like the one who knows is like one of her aliases. It's like <laughs> such crazy things. Now, even though she's worn so many different hats in Gotham and in DC Comics as a whole, she was raised as an assassin and actually raised to be bad. Um, but she didn't, and she wasn't allowed to talk while she was raised. So that was a whole mm-hmm. thing, like. Like her costume was so crazy because it didn't have like a mouthpiece. Like, you know how all the bat cowls have that like mouth cut out, but mm-hmm. hers never did because she didn't talk. So wow. she didn't need it. Um, anyway, so she was raised to be bad, but then just couldn't do it, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. She made, she became too close to Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne eventually adopted her. So, in sometimes you see her credited as Cassandra Kane Wayne. Oh, um, and it's like, oh, happy ending to her horrible childhood. <laughs> um, but that's good, you know, if you think about it. Like, she had a rough start, but then she got her life together. So, number six is Cassandra Kane. Bat must girl. be must be pretty tough to be the fourth Batgirl. He's like, you know, I'm. Oh yeah, I think I'm that's the kind of. I, I think of her like as much as I liked her as Batgirl. I really like her as Black Bat. Ooh. If you read her and Tim Drake when they go off to like, I think it's China, mm. um, as Black Bat and Red Robin, it's oh, a really okay. good storyline. Okay, I think I think she got an appearance in uh, DC Bombshells recently as oh. Black Bat, if I'm remembering correctly. Are they gonna do a DC Bombshells Black Bat? Like I, a statue. I can only hope. Oh my god, <laughs> I would die. I would. I love Cassandra Kane. Anything. So anyway, well, let's hopefully make her less underrated so she gets more airtime in yes. the comics. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Bring back Cassandra Kane as a main character. She needs her own book. So now we're about halfway through our list. So we're gonna do our honorable mention. And this one, we couldn't really do one without the other for these heroes. Um, our honorable mention is. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. So these two are often seen as an inseparable duo. I mean, yeah, and we thought about trying to just do one or the other, <laughs> and we just couldn't do it. And there's because there's also different. There's multiple versions of Blue Beetle, but we wanted to go Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, that classic team up. Mm-hmm. So they're frequently paired together as members of the Justice League and as best friends. Um, BFF, <laughs> BFF. <laughs> uh, Booster Gold is a futuristic hero named Michael John Carter who comes from 25th century Gotham. And the Blue Beetle is a man named Ted Cord, and he's a skilled intellect and an excellent athlete. And these two are kind of a little underrated because they're mostly seen for their comic potential. Um, not, but, but they're really there. They're really powerful. They are. They are extremely powerful. And as annoying as I find it, whenever do you? Okay, so when Booster Gold shows up in a comic book, do you just roll your eyes like actively <laughs> because I totally do? Because you know, you know, you're in for some ridiculous trouble. jokes. <laughs> Being like, whoops, did I do that? Like, and you're just like, you're from the future, man. Get it together. But at the same time, they're both really powerful. They are. So, and I think that gets a little warped or misunderstood when people mostly just see them as the, right. The buddy like, duo. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be upset when they show up. <laughs> well, I. I mean, I. I like Blue Beetle. I would take a Ted Cord solo book any day. Um, but. I should not be upset over Booster Gold, yet somehow he makes me roll my eyes. And he's a very underrated character because he usually saves the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so congrats, uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. You are our honorable mentions. 
So number five on our list is the question. And we actually, there's multiple versions of the question, kind of like there are multiple versions of Tara. Um, but we picked Renee Montoya for this one. Uh, she's Gotham police officer who took over for the question or as the question after Vic Sage died. R.I.P. Um, Vic Sage. <laughs> we hardly knew ye. Yeah. Um, and she's a master combatant and a skilled detective, as as would come along with her training in the Gotham PD. But she also followed Vic Sage kind of closely, and he decided that she was she was the one to take over the mantle. So as the question, she has that um, pseudoderm mask that gives her that really cool faceless appearance that if people pull that off at conventions and cosplay, that is incredible. Yeah. Um, so she's got that really cool faceless appearance. And then the, um, the gas that that mask reacts to and binds to her face also, she's got the trench coat and the hat. And so those change into the, the classic blue question color, which is really cool. Did you read the convergence with the question? No, I did not. It was super good. <laughs> like, wa- like watching them interact was just a really cool dream come true. Like not that they've never interacted before because right. they absolutely have. Like he essentially brought her – like he trained her to be the question. Right. But – Having them interact in that convergence storyline was a very cool thing to do. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. And a funny fact that I saw about um, Vic Sage as the question when I was researching researching this, Alan Moore originally wanted the question in Watchmen, but when the DC editors kind of found out the plans that he had for Vic Sage, um, they were like, please, please create a different character. And so we got another faceless guy in a trench coat, and his name is Rorschach. Yay! Aww, that's <laughs> so awesome. So the question is number five on our countdown. Number four is Red Tornado. Ooh. Yeah, I love Red Tornado. Um, sometimes he's a bad guy, mostly because he was created by the supervillain T.O. Morrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, where did that one come from? <laughs> um, but he was he was meant to mimic a hero in order to infiltrate the Justice Society of America. Ooh. Instead, he he overrode his mission essentially and became an actual hero because <laughs> he just learned he's a learning bot he's, so, he's a method actor <laughs> yeah and he just learned how to be a real hero instead of report back like he f- kind of self-realized that he was doing something wrong and didn't do it anymore hmm. but um you know every now and then red tornado shows up again and he's reprogrammed to be bad and fight the justice league but most of the time he's serving on the justice league of america instead of fighting them so take that tio morrow <laughs> <laughs> jokes on you <laughs> he's also like in young justice he like helps mm-hmm. train them so that's another cool thing about him and if i recall correctly i think they used some version of him in uh the Arrowverse with Supergirl. They did. Yeah. That was yeah. a long time. That was like season one. Yeah. I just read about that because I, I, I still haven't watched Supergirl. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, number four is Red Tornado. So talking about people who have relations to people with funny names, number three on our list is Big Barda, the wife of Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, who can get out of any trap. It's just these names are incredible. Mr. Miracle... The recent book is really good if you guys yeah, want to check it out. That maxi series. Mm-hmm. So Big Barda is a powerful new god from planet Apocalypse. And she's a member of the Female Fury Battalion, um, for, I guess formerly, because um, she was groomed by Granny Goodness, who's another wild name, uh, to be an elite evil warrior. But then when she met Miracle Man, she kind of sensed a piece about him and fell in love with him. And I, I'm i a sucker for the, the trope of like, someone's a lot taller and bigger and stronger and really protective. And so they kind of scot free and big Barda reverse that. Cause Barda is like super yeah. protective of miracle man. <laughs> and I think, I think that's hilarious. Um, 
And she's got a lot of really cool powers as one of the new gods. She's functionally immortal. She has superhuman reflexes, strength, and stamina. And it's interesting to note that director Ava DuVernay, um, there's been talks of a new gods yeah. movie. And she has stated that Big Barda is one of her favorite comic book characters ever. So hopefully Big Barda will not be so underrated in the future. See, this gives me a chance to learn. <laughs> I, when, when Kitty wanted to put Big Barda on the list, I was like, I literally know nothing about her so all the, you're gonna have to take that one <laughs> the new gods characters are pretty crazy but she's she's a really cool powerhouse in the dc universe awesome. and she might be on the big screen fingers crossed <laughs> well speaking of characters that are about to be on the big screen number two is shazam <laughs> oh he is the alter ego of billy batson a boy who by speaking the magic word shazam summons the power of six immortal elders and can transform himself into a costumed adult with superpowers such as strength <laughs> speed flight and abilities now, do you have all the names that I he... do? Okay. I do. Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Nice. Yeah. Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> I love Shazam personally. Um, I'm so excited for Zachary Levi to bring him to life. And um, honestly, I, I love the idea. I'm always a sucker for like... the. I mean, this is the literal version of what I'm a sucker for. I am a sucker for like a big, strong superhero who... I has innocence at their heart, mm -hmm. like always thinks the best of people because they just want to believe that. Billy Badson actually is a <laughs> child inside a giant superhero body. So he's <laughs> he's like the literal version of whatever literary trope that I, I love where you're just like, oh, he has the heart of a child like <laughs> and stuff like that. But no, Billy is a child and he summons Shazam. And it's it's just a really cool it's a really cool thing to to have someone put in in life altering situations, mm -hmm. dire situations, world ending situations. And he's an adult, but he's actually thinking through them as a kid. He's and he's got. Yeah, he's got a, a moral compass that is quite different from other. Yeah. Grown superheroes. He always provides a different way of looking at things, especially when you put him up in the same room as like Batman and Superman and the other members, yeah. like the big hitters of the DC universe. He's such a cool character to figure out or see his point of view because it's never the same as anybody else's. That's really cool. It's very <laughs> cool. So that is how Shazam got his number two spot on our list. But I imagine he would he will not be underrated after April no, of next year. <laughs> not No, not at all. I'm very excited for that movie. All right. And number one on our top 10 underrated DC characters list is Martian Manhunter. So he's probably one of the so more well-known characters on this list, but he's still pretty underutilized in terms of, I mean, when I was looking this up, I found out he's one of the most powerful beings in the DC yeah, universe. He absolutely is. I was like, why did nobody tell me sooner? He basically like, can do everything. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> incredible. And he is one of the original seven members of the JLA. And he first appeared in Detective Comics 255. Um, so he's he's been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And since I mean, since then, he has appeared in more DC comics, video games, television shows, animated features. So he's he he is there and he has a presence. But I just I think when people are are talking about their top DC heroes or, oh, who's the strongest who would win in a fight here? It's like, hello. Remember John Jones? Yeah. Martian Manhunter. I loved him in Justice League Unlimited mm -hmm. like so much. Um, and I when people ask me to like 
you know, list the five members of the Justice League, like the top five. To me, I always go like, you know, the Trinity. So Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And then for me, the other two who round it out are Martian Manhunter and Flash. Like, yeah. like I skip over Aquaman entirely. Sorry, Aquaman. <laughs> um, but Martian Manhunter to me is one of those top tier members of the Justice League just mm-hmm. because he can do so many things that aren't touchable by any other character. Yeah. And I mean... Just a small sampling of his list of powers. He can fly. He has regenerative healing, telepathy, telekinesis. He's a genius level intellect. And he has Martian nine senses. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like hardly half the list of his Yeah. I was his like, any phases. And he like, any shapeshifts. And I was and, like, and he <laughs> teleports as well, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And so currently, um, even though he is underrated, he is featured on the CW Supergirl show. He's played by David Harewood. And really? He, I didn't know that. Yeah. he Yeah. It's Hank Henshaw, but he does get a lot of screen time as John Jones. Oh, wow. Some really cool white Martian plots have been integrated into the show. And so. Okay. You might have just convinced me to watch Supergirl. <laughs> so if you did nothing yes. else with this podcast, you convinced me to watch Supergirl. Excellent. Wow. And, and he's going to be making a big appearance in a two-part uh, set of DC animated features in the death of Superman and reign of the Superman, voiced by none other than Niambi Niambi. Wow! So that'll be super Yay, cool. Niambi! Yeah, he posted that on Instagram. Was, like, was so cute. So he so also excited. gave a shout out to a cosplayer who was Ma- yeah. Martian Manhunter. With yeah. Him. So, so it looks like it looks like there's big things on the horizon for Martian Manhunter. Hope so it'll be so. pretty cool. That's so cool. So he's number one on our list of underrated DC characters. Yeah. Though I like how most of these characters, when we mention them, we're like, but hey, maybe they won't be so underrated soon because... Well, we have hope. Yes, we we do have hope. Mm -hmm. So just to recap that list, uh, our honorable mention is Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Number 10 is Elongated Man. Number 9 is Etrigan the Demon. Number 8 is Dead Man. Number 7 was Terra. Number 6, Cassandra Cain. Number 5, The Question, Renee Montoya. Number 4, Red Tornado. Number 3, Big Barda. Number two, Shazam. And number one, Martian Manhunter. I was kind of hoping when you said Shazam, you were just going to like transfer into like some <laughs> weird superhero. <laughs> Gosh, I wish. Yeah. Oh, I mean, how can you Six not want to? Six immortal elders. How can you not want to say that with, I mean, it's you all. You have to say it with gusto. You have to. Shazam. You put the exclamation yeah. point at the end. And, mm-hmm. and then you've got John Jones. He's got apostrophes yeah. between every letter almost. Yeah. John Jones. <laughs> I love that. Anyway. Very cool. Yeah. So that that is our um that is our top 10 underrated DC characters list. And we want to know if we did justice to, to the DC universe or if we missed anyone super important. I mean, they might be so underrated that we left them off our list. Yeah. But if you want to tell us what you thought should have been on our list, be sure to check out our blog and tell us at geeksideshow.com. And that was the top 10 underrated DC characters. This has been your Geek Culture Countdown. For more ad-free pop culture news and content, visit GeekSideShow.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to let your Geek Side show.